And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pescavore is packaged in a convenient single-serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pescavore is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pescavore, tuna that travels. Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here with Miss Nancy here and Miss Chloe here. And they're going to tell you all about uh, the big oyster festival coming up in Wellfleet. Um, what's going on, guys? How you feel? We're feeling great. We're feeling uh, that it's going to be great to be back in person at our 22nd Oyster Fest in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. It's produced by SPAT, Shellfish Promotion and Tasting. And um, we're having great sales of our tickets. It's a Saturday, Sunday event. We have a preliminary shuck off on Saturday and our finals, which is a sanctioned shucking contest on Sunday. So we're pumped that we're going to be back and we wish you could come Gardner. Yeah. I wish I could come too. Um, the well fleet has always been a, a competition uh, oyster festival that I wanted to attend. So hopefully one of these years, um, I won't be so busy and we can make it happen. But yep. as a part of like, just not the com competitive oyster shucker, but the, also the podcast, I had to tell my folks about this and get folks excited about the Wellfleet Oyster Festival. So uh, first of all, what are the dates? No, well, let's back up a little bit. How did this even start? This like, what, what's going on? Like you guys just decided, hey, let's do an oyster festival. You know, like the history, the background about it? Well, the history is that um, Wellfleet is really famous for its oysters, and um, many of us in town always thought that an oyster festival should be what we have in town. And um, many years ago, our recreation director, Becky Rosenberg, and uh, soon to be board member when we established as and chartered as a board, Lisa Brown, um, conceived of the idea to put together a party. And it started as a real grassroots, really wanky festival down at Mayo Beach on a field. And it was explosively popular right out of the gate. And we knew we had something that we had to continue. So we really built up um, a chartered nonprofit called SPAT, as I mentioned. And um, since then, we've been having an Oyster Fest every year. This will be our 22nd. It'll be our 20th in person because covid uh, shut us down like it did for everybody for a couple of years. So um, it celebrates the quintessential American oyster in Wellfleet, something that we're really proud of. It's a legacy in our town. Um, it's the greatest industry that um, provides income and employment for Wellfleet residents. About 15 or more percent of our town derive their income somehow from shellfishing. So it boosts uh, the shellfishing um, community. It boosts the surrounding economy of our town and Cape Cod in general. Um, in 2019, we had over 20,000 people attend over two days. So the the boon to the economy is is big within the industry of shellfishing and, and more broadly. Mm -hmm. That's huge. First of all, I just want to say, I just love how you just use quintessential. I, I don't think I could 
use that in a sentence. So, well, that's you. kind kind of big part kudos. of our branding. Yeah, um, the multisyllabic <laughs> word. I used to be a speech pathologist, so I, I kind of put it together. But the quintessential American oyster is part of our branding that we've done and spent um, about a hundred grand on to to amplify wealthy oysters. Um, you know, beyond uh, New England and and across the world. And it's one of our taglines also cultivate character because uh, our oysters are born of the sun and the salt and uh, the sweat. And, um, you know, our oyster men and women who farm and wild harvest oysters are really, um, you know, unique characters. And um, we feel like the cultivate character represents um, both the growers and harvesters and our product um, of oysters, so. So what did those um those first few years look like um at the festival? I'm just wondering because you know, I know you said it was successful and you just knew it, you had to continue, but like what did it look like? What did it look like compared to now? It looked a lot different. I mean, the first year was across from uh, Mayo Beach in sort of a almost a uh just a grass bit of land. And um we moved the fest uptown to our main street location in the center of Wellfleet, which is like a village kind of feel. And we just transformed Main Street in in our festivals. Um, you know, we had tents lining with vendors, crafters, nonprofits, bra bars up and down Main Street. Our town hall parking lot was uh, created into a big shuck off event area. And um, it transformed not only from the first year to something really big and large, but it also transformed the town in the process. So um, it, it got huge. It got huger than we really wanted. We stopped advertising intentionally many, many years ago, but we were picked up by, you know, magazines and news stations as, you know, a great New England festival. And we were trying to keep it a little bit more on the down low, but it got really big. And so this year, post-COVID is going to be the first year that we're going to have limited attendance because we've had to move our fest to a different area out of town because police and fire don't have the staffing to support a main street. Out of downtown, but it's still in Wallfield. Yeah, out of downtown, sorry. Um, so we're going to have 7,000 um, attendees per day on Saturday and Sunday, August 15, oh, sorry, October 15 and 16. You can edit that, right, Gardner? You know, screwing up the month like that you're good you're good you're, you're correcting yourself you correct yeah. yourself but yeah, i'm on I, vacation I, I don't know what day it is it's, it's all good um so I would, I would also add um the festival is just a huge party for everybody from wellfleet i grew up going to the festival and it's always like our favorite weekend of the year i have all my friends come into town and it's a really fun um event that also stretches out the season for local restaurants. So it also brings a large influx of additional um, tourists and people coming to restaurants and helping with that sort of the economy as well. And a big aspect of galleries. SPAT, yep, galleries as well, um, is SPAT donates their proceeds to local scholarships and shellfishing um, supportive ways. Yes, we've given away $750,000 or more to date. Um, so the, the festival is a big party. And then our, our goal is really to promote and preserve and protect the shellfishing community and industry in our town. So we get a lot of people coming, eating a lot of oysters. Um, Drinking a lot of beer. And uh, mm. it gives us the Talking economic ability. Yeah, 
it, yeah, beer sales are really helpful in helping us to support the community. That's it's our main fundraiser, and um, we're expanding to some other fundraising initiatives as well. But um, we just started a membership opportunity so that people can become members, kind of really onboard onto SPAT as a as an ambassador and a member of our good work. So that's something we just started recently this summer. So what did all of this look like during COVID? Um, you know, I, I know you kept it going. So what did it look like uh, via, like, how did y'all do that? Well, we actually um, did a virtual Oyster Fest and we, you can find it on YouTube. It was really quite cool. Um, and so we celebrated our 20th year, not in person, but virtually. And we did a shuck off and we did it at a local theater called What Theater that uh, donated their um, resources and venue for us. So it was different, um, but we put together a fest. And then last year in 2021, we had a really small fest, almost like back to our beginnings where we just had um, a very low scale shucking contest. And we had a local town bonfire. We had some food trucks and some shuck, you know, raw bars and shuckers. Um, and also during COVID, we supported the shellfishing community. We did some initiatives that provided um, the opportunity for shellfishermen and women, harvesters, wild harvesters and farmers to get back on their grants or the flats, harvest product and spat, purchase the product from them, and then donated the product to local food banks, nursing homes, um, Council on Aging. So our initiatives during COVID were really intended to support the shellfishing community economically. We also had a loan program. We had a um, grant opportunity where, where shellfishing families in need could go and um, be supported economically. So that's kind of how COVID took its shape. We didn't, we couldn't party, but we tried to keep helping. Gotcha. That's, that's, that's still cool that you kept the whole vibe going and, you know, you guys are still able to help out and everything. Um, so uh, we we talked about SPAT a lot. Could, so could you break that down real quick? Uh, like, SPAT? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the acronym is uh, SPAT, which is the baby oyster. And it is the name of our nonprofit, our 501c3, called Shellfish Promotion and Tasting. So when we um, chartered back in, I think, 2001, that was the name that we came up with and um, we produce the Oyster Fest and try to do good work for the shellfishing community. Cool. So what do the folks um, have to look forward to this year? And well, before we go there, um, so I don't know if you know, but I recently did um, the uh, Connecticut, Oyster, the, the Milford Oyster uh, Festival. Um, and that was cool and fun. Um, the biggest difference there um, that I saw compared to other festivals and things is they had, and I guess it's, you know, COVID protocol, but they had the shuckers separate from the people. So there was the shuckers, a lot of shuckers, and then there was somebody who was actually serving the oysters to the folks as they bought them. Um, are you guys going to do any COVID protocols or uh, how's the festival going to go? It's going to go great. As far as the oyster side. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we work with our town health inspector 
and follow very careful food safety guidelines. And we will have uh, protocols in place that will be designed by um, people uh, in town for whom that's their, you know, their background and job. We'll have uh, sneeze guards, for example, at all raw bar booths and all food booths. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll follow the guidelines that are provided to us. So it'll be a safe and careful fest um, in that way, in terms of food safety and in terms of the limited uh, attendees per day. It's at a huge field where we um, are able to follow any kind of restriction of six foot apart or anything we have. Uh, I can't speak to the square footage, my colleague Lisa would, but it's an enormous area and it's gonna be a lot of elbow room. It's gonna be a really positive user experience, so. I'm not gonna lie. I know COVID is a thing, um, but I, I miss it. I miss just like the freedom of just like, you know, everybody together having a good time and not have that in the, the back of the dog process. But, you know, it is what it is. We got to deal with what what's in front of us. So um, thank you guys for taking those protocols and procedures and all that good stuff. Yes, it'll be a safe, fun festival. Plenty of room for dancing. There yeah, you we, go. We have great bands. All local bands are going to be playing. Uh, the highlight is the Rip It Ups that that close out our fest. And um, Jody Birchall, a board member, coordinates all of the music and bands. And it's it's a great party with, you know, a lot of range of, of music. We start early in the morning with maybe bluegrass and we kind of amp it up as the day goes on. Nice. And so how big do you think this festival could actually be? Because I know you say you limit it to 700 um per day how big 7, do you 000. think Seven thousand. i'm sorry Seven thousand, and that's a that's a, a whole bunch of people so how big do you think it could be because like you guys have been featured on like websites and blogs and articles and you know i've read about it so like one of those festivals you can't miss so well like i said in 2019 we had well over 22,000 23,000 people over two days um and that was a lot. I mean, we don't really have a goal to to be that large. Like I said, we got kind of covered uh, when we intentionally stopped PRing our festival. So, um, you know, attendance is going to probably looking down the road continue to have a limited cap so that we can be safe and have a positive user experience. I think it could get as big as we could accommodate, but it's a matter of what we can do safely and, and still have a good user experience. So I think this year we're absolutely gonna sell out both days uh, capped at 7,000. And we're gonna see what that looks like in our new venue and evaluate you know, how we can go moving forward, whether or not that's the right number or whether or not we need to um, modify it in any way. So people should get on getting their tickets now because they're ASAP. Gonna sell let's do it now. <laughs> get your tickets while while you still have some. Yeah, and just a, an, about our tickets on Sunday, um, our admission tickets for the weekend are twenty dollars per person. Kids under twelve are free, um, and on Sundays we've always had a tradition of free admission for Wellfleet residents. Um, that means people who live here year round or second homeowners. And our tickets are available on Eventbrite. And um, there's a code for local residents that is easily easily found in our Instagram account or 
or website. Um, and so, the website links directly to Eventbrite. So not if you live there in spirit, that doesn't count. Well, we would make an exception for you, Gardner, but you're going to be running a raw bar. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So, all right. Is it just um, Wellfleet oysters that you guys um, use for the festival? That's right. Okay, of course, of course. Yeah. And like, if you were to describe Wellfleet oysters for the folks who haven't had them before, how would you describe a Wellfleet oyster? Well, um, I would say that Wellfleet oysters are the best that you can eat. Um they have uh, an opportunity in a, a bay that has two tides a day and great flush and wonderful natural estuaries. I would also say that our harbor has different nuances. It's kind of like wines in terms of terroir and marewar. So um, it would be not a fair thing to define a well-fleet oyster in sort of one description, but rather that there's different tastes and flavors that occur in from different areas of Wellfleet Harbor. Um, and I think it's kind of your individual palate too, what you mm -hmm. taste. Like, um, you know, I taste a, a, a briny, but a sweet finish on our oysters, but um, it's sort of a personal thing. What would you say, Chloe? I would agree. I would say briny, um, sweet, smooth finish and very crisp, but they, they definitely do vary across different, you know, wild, um, and different oyster farmers. That's awesome. Um, Chloe, I know you talked a little bit about bringing your friends and, and, um, things in for the festival. Um, what other, have you guys heard any other kind of like cool, um, stories of like, Hey, we come here every year and those type of good things. Um, well, we have a lot of friends who um, are from New York City who bring their families down. So, you know, rent out a, a big house or utilize a, a family home and bring all of their grandparents, aunts and uncles and kids down. So it's a big kind of family reunion type of event. But I have friends from Maine uh, that come every year and friends from Boston and all the local wealthy kids that I grew up with were always there. And it's kind of like a reunion of sorts when we've already gone to different places in the world, but we come back home for this one fun weekend. Nice. So with so many cool things going on in the festival, what are be like, or what are your like top two, top three things that you have to do or can't miss um, during that weekend to either I of you, both of you? I would say the shucking contest. Um, it's really fun. People are so excited and cheering and the music going on with it and the commentating is awesome. Um, I would say definitely the shucking contest, the music, you have to get a beer and dance <laughs> and cheer um, and the food. I mean, there's a ton of great local um, restaurants who are there as vendors serving up clam chowder, fried clams, paella, you name it. Um, so, you know, food, fun. Yeah. And beer. I would say also that we have an incredible art and craft venue at our fest. It's uh, a, a juried craft uh, festival and we have amazing local artists that are showcased during the weekend. I would not miss uh, shopping at all of their booths. And we also have some folks from out of town, but uh, the shopping opportunity for beautiful art and handcrafted work is not to be missed. Nice. And any um local beers that uh, people should look out for? 
Uh, we serve Sam Adams, which Ooh. is uh, a New England beer. Um, we also serve Truro Vineyards wines, which are produced on the Cape in Truro. Um, so those are the beers that, and wines that you'll find at the fest. Cool. And as you see, um, my uh, my assistant podcaster has joined the show. Um, so she's adorable. Bring her up. <laughs> Does she you. like oysters? She loves oysters. She loves oysters. And uh, what's crazy is I always, you know, in this job thing that we're in, uh, we always see kids and adults. So it's it's funny to see adults who had are even scared um to try oysters so i was like yo my daughter and this is she tried started trying oysters when she was like i think maybe eight months or a year or something like that it was she was close to one um but like i always tell people the way we got her started uh is just by drinking the juice the liquor of the oyster first and then of <laughs> course the curiosity say oh it's, it's more to this let me try the actual oyster um <laughs> but uh yeah we, we we got her eating oysters early in the game very expensive yeah that's very expensive she's only going to get more expensive you're a good parent gardener getting her on that early yeah well Well, you know that that's our job i gotta it's it's job security for one you know gotta (laughs) gotta get all the youngins eating oysters and that's right educating them about oysters and all the good that oysters do in the the ecosystem and for the climate um so yeah any um lasting words you guys want to put out there uh, we, we just can't wait to have a shocking good time Boom. and we hope that you can come next year and thank you for having us on this podcast. I'm going to be really excited to listen to it. Yeah. Thank you, Gardner. Uh, the Wellfleet Oyster Fest is live and we are going to have a great time and we can't wait for October 15th and 16th, different location in terms of not being on main street, but the same hometown fun and, uh, people should buy their tickets on Eventbrite stat. Or they're going to be saying, oh, shucks. I missed that. <laughs> no doubt. Well, thank y'all for taking time during y'all vacation time to, to to talk to the Oyster Ninja. And I appreciate that. I really do. And, it's um, nice to meet you. Yes, thank yeah, you. For sure, for sure. And hopefully we'll meet in person one day. And now, a word from our sponsors. My name's Matt Owens, and I'm the founder and CEO of Healthy Ocean Seafood Company, the owner of the Pescovore brand. For the last five years, six years now, actually I've been the sustainability director at Trimarine, which is a a global tuna supplier. Uh, We're down here at San Pedro right now at a Trimarine facility. And so for the last several years, I've been working to uh, effectively manage tuna resources all around the world. So we have these great sustainable fisheries in the US, but most of that gets exported a lot of times processed overseas, then imported back into the United States. We have a huge seafood trade deficit. And I wanted to find a way in which I could add value to the resource here on the West Coast and bring it to market here on the West Coast. And so that's really how Pescovore started. And so to take a West Coast caught tuna and process it into something that's different, something that's delicious, something that's convenient, something that's healthy, and something that's sustainable. And that's what the Pescovore brand is all about. It's making seafood snackable, it's taking sustainable tuna and it's it's bringing it into the snack space so that it's convenient for people. You can eat it anywhere, it's delicious, it's good for you. And importantly, you can feel good about it. You're supporting local fishermen, you're supporting a sustainable fishery that's well managed.